Shiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Madhyamam Asmadacharya Paryantam Vande Guru Param Param Ishwaro Gurat Meti Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyomavad Vyapta Vedaya Dakshinamurtaye Namaha Sarva Vedanta Siddhanta Gocharam Tamagocharam Govindam Paramanandam Sadgurum Pranatosmyam Just fix your attention on the silence. Just feel the silence. The presence of silence here. Feel it. Hear it. Don't, don't let your attention go away to your thoughts or to the sounds. Just observe your thoughts appearing in the silence, in awareness, and disappearing out of it. you get stuck on a thought, just release the thought into the silence. Let it dissolve into the silence. Don't hang on to your thoughts. Just, just notice how they, the thoughts and the sounds appear in the silence and disappear out of it.
Just, just relax now into the silence, just like you're going to sleep, but don't go to sleep. As you breathe out, breathe out all your thoughts, let all your thoughts go with it. Okay, good. Now, bring an image of someone or something you love into the silence. And fill that image, that object with love. Just love it with all your heart. Okay, and now bring, bring an image of someone or something you don't love into the silence and fill that image, that person, that object, whatever it is with love. And then fill the whole silence with the whole, an image, a vision of the whole world with everything in it, the oceans, trees, the water, the sky, and love the world with all your heart. Just generate that warm feeling of love. Superimpose it on the world.
and then bring up a list of the good qualities in your mind and love those good qualities completely. And now bring up a list of the bad qualities in your mind and love all of your bad qualities 100%. and let your mind empty and return it to the silence. Let's do three ohms. Sugadam, Kevalam Yanamortim, Dwandwa Titam, Venganasadrisham, Tatwamasya Dilaksham, Ekam Nityam Vimalamachalam, Sarvadi Sakshibutam, Baba Titam, Triguna Rahitam, Sadgurum Tam Namami, Narayanam Padmabhambashishtam, Shaktim Shatat Putra Parasarancha Vyasam Sukam Godapadam Mahantam Govinda Yogin Ramatashishisham Sri Shankaracharya Matasya Padmaha Padam Chasamalakanchishisham Tam Totikam Vartika Karamanyan Asmad Gurum Shantatamanatoshni Vishwam Darpanadrishya Manyanagari Tulyam Nijantargasam Pasyanatmani Mayaya by Hurivon Bhutam Yadanidraya Yasakshat Kurute Prabodha Samaye Swatmanameva Dvayam 
Tasmai Shri Guru Murtai Namahidam Shri Dakshina Murtai Namahum Om Govinda Narayana So I know I covered a lot of a lot of ground last night. Uh, we'll take it easy and uh, work this out slowly, carefully. Well, some of you are capable of following it because you're familiar with the teaching, and others it's a it's a lot to take on board if you're new. But the basic idea is that uh, your true nature, the nature of the self, and there's only one self. We all have the, we all have the same nature. Is love. Love means <coughs> love. Nobody, there's nobody that doesn't know what love is. People, you can ask, you can say what, what, you can ask what love is, but uh, you actually already know, but you might just don't have the words for it, maybe. So, uh, uh, we want to make it simple, because love is very simple. Love is not complicated. It's not in any way complicated. It's very simple. Just like your one simple, awareful, conscious being, love is just one simple force, feeling, energy. And how do you uh, recognize it? Because it's easily recognizable if you know what to look for. You, you, in fact, you're loving every minute of the day. There's not one moment when you're not loving. It's impossible not to love. Now, now obviously that's uh, going to be a difficult thought for some people because you often think you're not loving. Isn't that right? You find yourself uh, feeling angry and depressed and uh, disturbed and you uh, you think that's not love. But love, love, your, every time you direct your attention to an object, willingly. Now this is a, somebody was asking me about free will this morning. Every time you willingly direct your attention to an object, 
you're loving that object. In other words, love is what? Awareness or consciousness directed to an object. You are consciousness. Does anybody have a, an argument with that? Does anybody say they're not conscious or consciousness? If you're conscious, then you can direct your consciousness, your attention. Aren't you paying attention to something all the time? What, what are you paying attention to now? These words, hopefully. Isn't it? Why are you paying attention to these words? Because you love these words. You love the knowledge that's being conveyed by these words, isn't that right? You're listening to the words because you, huh? You want to know what love is. You, you, the topic of love. You love the topic of love, isn't it? Huh? Is that right? If if I uh, if I love, I know I shouldn't say this. I, I'm always in trouble because I, I I just can't be a good boy all the time. But I, I if I uh, eat, I'm eating a hamburger, I know you. <laughs> that you know what that means? That means I love hamburgers. <laughs> Huh? Do you have a problem with that? <laughs> well, what is that love of hamburgers? It's just putting my attention, my love, into that object, isn't it? I love my dog, my cat. What is that? That means you feed your cat, you pet your cat. You talk to your cat, you snuggle your cat, you pet your dog, you take him for a walk and make sure he goes poo at the right time, <laughs> right? You pick up his poo, put it in a little plastic bag, huh? And put, you, know, you, know, you have to put it in a proper poo receptacle. <laughs> why, why do you do that? Because you love order. You love to follow the rules. You won't just let him poop in the bushes. He could poop in the bushes, uh, and then the bushes would grow. <laughs> but the society doesn't want him pooping in the bushes. They, they, they have a little special box, at least in America. You can't put your poo, dog poo, just where the dog wants it. You have to put it in a box. And then somebody come and collects the box. I don't know what they do with the dog poo. <laughs> But somebody loves, somebody <laughs> loves collecting dog poo because that's what they do. Isn't it? Think about it. So when aren't you loving something? When, when aren't you loving something? Yeah. Nobody raises their hand. Because because the answer is you're always loving something, huh? isn't it? So that means what? Loves your nature, doesn't it? Now the only question is, 
the only question is, what do I love? Ultimately, I love love because what loving what I love means I love love because what I love gives me love. In other words, it invokes the love that I am. But if I am love, why do I have to pay attention, specifically pay attention to a particular object? <coughs> if I am love, why would I want to direct my attention to a particular object? This is the problem, isn't it? Because my attention only goes to objects that I like. Huh? And what? And I keep my attention away from objects I don't like, don't I? Isn't that right? I've got a friend who doesn't like germs. Huh? So, germs. So he's always worried about germs. Which actually means he's he loves germs because he's thinking about germs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but he thinks what? What does he think? He thinks he's not he's avoiding germs, but he's not avoiding any germs. Why? Because the germs are only in his mind. Aren't they? Are there are there are there, are there any germs apart from the germs in your mind? Huh? I know you're having a hard time with this one, right? Because you actually think there's germs outside somewhere, huh? That are attacking your body, isn't it? Is that true? Is it true that there are germs <coughs> trying to get in and eat your body up? If you think it is, then it's true. If you think it is, then it's true. Or if you think you're the body, it's true, right? Is that right? If you think you're the body, then there's germs outside that are trying to get into you. Actually, when you're not thinking of germs, you're thinking of something else, then where are the germs that are in your body? Huh? Say, huh? Say you're thinking of sex. Okay? Now, you had the germ thought, and then you got tired of thinking the germ thought, so you started thinking the sex thought. Now, where's the germs? Where are the germs now that you're thinking about sex? Because sex, you're going to get a lot of germs, but you don't think like that. <laughs> well, because two bodies, they're exchanging. It's ninety percent of this. Eighty percent of this is just. You know, germs, bugs, I don't know what they are. <laughs> right? Isn't it? So where are the germs then? Germs are everywhere. They're in your mind. And you don't like those germs. Right? What advantage is there to not liking a, a thought? What what advantage is it? What what do you actually gain by not liking a particular, not loving germs? Or you have a big nose. God gave you a big nose, and you don't like a big nose. 
Huh? You love hating with the clothes. You love, there you go. You love, that's right. You love hating your big nose. That's right. Isn't it? What does that show? This lady's right. That shows you can't avoid love, isn't it? That everything you do is love. Even hate is love. Why? Because it pleases you to hate. Don't, doesn't most people hate Donald Trump in this room? <laughs> huh? Why? Donald Trump's purely conceptual. No one ever saw Donald Trump. Did they? Did you ever see Donald Trump? You never saw him. You don't even know if he existed. You saw uh, words about him or uh, pictures about his body. You always saw pictures of his body. And you infer the presence of a Donald Trump, but you never saw Donald Trump. But yet you hate Donald Trump. Well, what are you actually hating? Part of your mind, right? What is your mind but yourself? So even when you're hating yourself, what? You're loving yourself because it pleases you to hate yourself and yourself is the object highest object of love isn't it why why is that because for the sake of yourself you love everything isn't it or hate everything you don't hate objects huh for their own sake, you hate them for the sake of yourself. You don't love objects for their own sake. You love them for the sake of yourself, don't you? I, I, I think I quoted last night. I said, the wife loves the husband. Now, this is a quiz. Okay, see if you pass the quiz. Does the wife love the husband for the husband's sake, or does the wife love the husband for her sake? Her sake. Why? Because if the husband doesn't uh, fit into her idea of what a husband is or should be, then she divorces him. She gets a lawyer and divorces him, right? And she looks for a husband huh, that will please her. Now, why is that? Because a pleased self huh, is the object of all of our efforts. In other words, everything we're doing is an attempt to please ourselves. Now, why, why is that? Because we love ourselves. Duh. If you didn't love yourself, you wouldn't what? You wouldn't try to please yourself, would you? By avoid, you try to please yourself by avoiding what you don't like, and you try to what? Please yourself by getting what you do like. So no matter what you're pursuing, the object of all your pursuits is just to what? To, to love yourself. It is motivated by love of the self. Remember, there's not two selves. Does anyone think there's more than one self? Oh, we got a bunch of enlightened people here. <laughs> Boy, we can give up the class then. <laughs> Does anybody have the thought sometimes that there's somebody else? 
Yeah. Yeah, there's only one self. And if all of my efforts are, are an attempt to please that self, it means what? There's no higher object for my love, is there? For myself, for, for me, for my energy, for me. This is what, this is what, and what is that self? What is it? It's sat and chit. Sat means it's my existence. Is, is your, just to, just to cement this idea carefully, is, is your existence any different from my existence? Hmm? Does anybody think you're, they're different from me? That their existence is different? Huh? Not essentially. Pardon? Not essentially. Uh, not essentially, yeah. Apparently, it is if what? Yeah. German says, if, you, if when you say the word I, okay, everyone says the word I. We want to, we want to locate, see, this is what we're trying to do is locate the love. We want to locate it. We want to, because it's always present. See, if you're seeking for love, that means you don't know what love is, right? You don't know your love. If you're seeking for love, if you're praying, I want love. You want to love yourself, or you want to love somebody else, or you want somebody to love you, or something like that. <coughs> then it means you haven't realized that uh, the location of the love, and what is the location of the love? Where is love located? And and that, and it's, it's always, now listen, it's always present, so... Where is it located? In the word I. Does anybody not say the word I? Does anybody not say that word? Oh, that means, the silence means everybody says that word. Now, when you say the word I, what do you think about? In other words, what is your knowledge about the word I when you say, you say the word I all the time, isn't it? If you don't say it, you think it. I mean, you might not say I, 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 but behind every thought, it's an I, isn't it? I think, I feel, I walk, I talk, I breathe, I act. There's always this I is always behind every thought and feeling and emotion and action. I feel this, I feel that, I talk, I walk, I sleep, I pray, I meditate, I, 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 or I is always present, isn't it? <coughs> so when you say the word I, this is extremely important. What does that word, that word isn't the I, but that word points to the eye, <coughs> right? <coughs> what do you think that I, what does that word mean? What does it refer to? The self. Hmm? The self. To existence. Is that, is that what you always think when you say the word I? 
No. See, this is where our problem, this is where the problem comes in. If you know that the word I <coughs> applies to what? To, to the existence that you are, to your being. We talked about being last night, the feeling of being. If, if when you say the word I, you mean your being, your consciousness, we pointed out last night that your being and your consciousness are not different, <coughs> then you're, well, then you have self-knowledge and you're free. But if the word I points to anything other than your existence or your consciousness, huh, then you're not free. Then the I is what? Is associated with an object. <clears throat> and as we said last night, the eye can never be objectified. You can never take your eye and turn it into an object. Your consciousness or existence can never be made into an object. So, so the word I always refers only to your consciousness, to your existence. And if you think it refers to your body or your feelings or your emotions or your story, you, you have a story about your eye? Huh? Do you have a nice little story that goes along with that? Because you shouldn't. If you, if you know what the meaning of the word I is, you, you won't have a story. There's no story. The I has no history, does it? Why not? Why doesn't your I have a history, a story? Because it's not in time. It wasn't born, and it doesn't die. So how could it do something in the past or think that it's going to do something in the future? How could anything be happening to it? Can't, can it? Is, it, can, has anything happened ever to existence? Hmm? Has existence changed in any way, ever? Nine. Nine, yeah, nine is the right word. Nine. <laughs> if existence changes, then we're screwed, aren't we? <laughs> then if existence changes, you won't get out of bed in the morning, will you? Because you don't know what to do. Will you? So you won't know what... If suddenly existence decides that it's non-existence, then your world is not there and you're not there to do anything, isn't it? Or if existence decides it wants to be a different existence, huh? then, then what are you going to do? You won't get out of bed in the morning, will you? Because you won't know how to act. You won't know what the field is in your acting. You won't know who you are. You'll be completely confused. But the fact is, existence doesn't change. So when you wake up, you wake up as the same person every day, don't you? The same existent person. We'll call it a person, if you like. If you don't have to think like that. Are you ever different when you wake up in the morning? 
Isn't it the Seha? You ever a different person? No, you're the same person, aren't you? Even your karma is the same as it was yesterday, isn't it? Huh? When you wake up, your karma is right where you left it when you went to sleep, isn't it? Huh? Isn't it? Yeah, your whole life is laid out there. You end up in the same bed, you have the same friends, the same jobs, the, the same lack of money in the bank, you know, all the, everything's exactly the same. Huh? The next day, as it was before, your karma's all laid out too. It's all consistent, isn't it? Because your karma exists. And the, the karma is borrowing its, its existence from existence. In other words, everything just exists. It's always existed. It always stays the same. So this I, this consciousness or existence, is not subject to any change. And its nature, it, it is what? Full and complete. <clears throat> is, it, is existence incomplete? Hmm? Is, is, huh? uh, what would what would make existence incomplete? If it was made up of parts, right? Huh? If, if existence was made up of a bunch of parts, like a puzzle, you know, you get a puzzle. It's like there's a ball. You see the where the there's a Chinese one. It looks like a ball, but it's all made up of parts. So then if you could take out a part, then it, the, the ball could be incomplete. But existence is a partless whole. So there's no way you can extract anything and make it incomplete, is there? So, huh, you, so your existence doesn't change. And, and you can't, and because it's a partless whole, you can't take a part from someplace else, not that there's any other place that you could get a part. Where would you get a part for existence? There'd have to be another existence that was different huh, from this existence that you could take a part from. But even then, you couldn't fit it into this one because this existence, what, is complete. You can't add anything to it. It's, huh? Okay. Hmm. How do you give the arguments for that? That it is a partless whole. I mean, you you can declare it, you can say the scripture, but then we are in the believing system. How do you give the argument, the logic for that? Well, I just gave the logic, but the, you, you, the question is a good question. How, uh, he said, he said, we're forced to believe it. Isn't that what you're saying? In the you, way, you, yeah. you, you're questioning. You're saying, well, that doesn't make sense to me. You're asking me to believe it. Now this is a really this is a very important point. Understand? Because there's no way you can prove that, is there? How are you going to prove that? By results? No, by not by result. Mm -hmm. By the words of scripture. In other words, you have to believe, in other words, for this teaching to work, this is a really important point. It's a good question, Al. You're going to have to give up believing in what? In your own knowledge. <coughs> Aren't you? 
You're going to have to forego your means of knowledge. You're going to have, what is your means of knowledge? Your senses, your mind, your intellect, your body, huh? Your intellect, your emotions, and your body. Those are means of your of knowledge for you. And there's no way you can prove this using those means of knowledge, is there? Can, can you see a partless hole with your eyes? Can't. Can you feel a partless hole with your emotions? No, you can't. Can you think a partless whole? Well, maybe can you can imagine it. Sure. Huh? And and maybe that imagination can reveal it to you. We don't know. But the means of knowledge here is what? The scripture. Now what is the scripture? The scripture is the words of consciousness of God. This, this scripture is not based upon what? On humans' perception and inference. In other words, it didn't come from people. So for this to work, what do I have to do? I have to have faith in the words of the scripture until what? Until I learn how to what? Think differently. And, and what would that thinking differently do? In other words, I have to gain knowledge, which just means I have to think differently. I have to have different kind of knowledge. What would that thinking do? It would erase my ignorance. It wouldn't give me knowledge. That would be a problem, wouldn't it? If I got knowledge then I'd still have a problem, wouldn't I? Because I'd have added something to myself, wouldn't I? And I and I can't add anything to myself, can I? Think about it. All I can do is subtract ignorance. Right? See, people, when they hear this teaching, they, they're inspired by it, and they think, I understand the teaching, so they want to study Vedanta, they come to all the lectures and they, they, you know, they get it in their head and they think, and then they say, I'm enlightened because I know who I am. But enlightenment is what? The, the knowledge that I'm the self, what does it do? It subtracts the person who knows. Because the self isn't a person. You, you're not a person. Your existence, consciousness, is not a person. So to get the knowledge is to remove the one who has the knowledge. And what does that do? It leaves me clear and aware, as I am. It just clears away huh, the cloud of ignorance that's what? Obscuring my appreciation of myself as whole and complete, as limitless existence awareness. Yeah. So, I have to what? I have to temporarily... 
This is why it's not blind belief. This is the faith we're asking of you is not blind belief. It's belief pending the result of your investigation. Now, what is your investigation? Your investigation is what? Learning how to discriminate huh, the I from the not I. The self from the objects that present themselves to the self. Once you learn how to do that, huh, then, then you no longer believe that you're the self. You no longer accept it on faith. You know you're the self. And once you know you're the self, what? All knowledge disappears and ignorance disappears. Why? Because the knowledge just negated the ignorance, just like alkyl seltzer removes acids, an acid upset stomach. If you have an upset stomach, isn't it? It's, it's acidic, and you put alkyl seltzer in it, then what? Then your stomach feels normal, natural. In other words, you don't feel your stomach or think about it. And 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 the what? And the alkyl seltzer, the base substance, is no longer alkyl seltzer, is it? Because it's done its job. It's been neutralized, huh? When it neutralizes the acid, huh? It changes its nature and it's no longer what? A base. So both the ignorance goes and the what? And the knowledge goes at the same time. And you're left clean and pure as awareness. Understand? So, I, you know, the words of the scripture have to become my words. In other words, the thoughts, the ideas here, I have to take those, if I can't, because there's no way you can verify this, is there? Physically. Huh? This is a real this is a really really important topic, okay? Because everybody in this room knows their consciousness or the self. But yet we still want some kind of proof, don't we? We think that Vedanta is like a theory, and then we have to go out and prove the theory. We have to meditate, let's say, to prove the theory. We have to get an experience that will prove that these words are true. But that's not possible, is it? Because the self is not an object that you can uh, of your senses and your mind that can uh, and your experience. Yourself is the part of you that's aware of your experience, but is unaffected by your experience. So whatever you experience is never going to confirm the existence of yourself <coughs> or deny the existence of yourself. Maybe you want to prove that you don't have a self. There's some Buddhists who say they don't have a self. So they want to prove that they don't have a self. So they do some kind of shunyata meditation or something to remove their sense of self. But, but no, think about this now. 
But no experience is going to validate or invalidate the self because the self is in a different dimension of reality from you, the experiencing entity. The experiencing entity, the person, is an object known to the self, and it never can, what, jump over the line, in other words, jump over into the self and transcend itself and go to another place. To get to another place, it has to cease to exist here. <laughs> Just like going to sleep at night. To go to sleep, when you go to sleep at night, you don't go to sleep, do you? You go to sleep? You say, I went to sleep, but you didn't go to sleep, did you? Because, huh? No, you stopped existing, what, as a waking state entity, didn't you? You cease to exist as a person, and when you cease to exist as a person, what, you woke up, well, you didn't wake up, <laughs> but you did, you woke up as, what, a deep sleeper, and you got bliss and, and uh, ignorance. You got freedom, bliss, and ignorance uh, immediately. You didn't know you didn't know you were a person, huh? At all, you didn't know there was a world. That's ignorance. You didn't know you were a person. You didn't know you were, huh? Uh, you feel no limits, right? And you get great peace and great bliss. That's why you like to go to sleep because uh, because that person well, well, is not there. So, to try to experience the self in the waking state is the same problem. To get to the self, you'd have to stop being this person to get to the self, wouldn't you? So, how do you get there? This is the point. And this is very difficult. And this is the reason why you're having so much trouble with this enlightenment business, I tell you. You asked us yesterday when you asked us. Are you aware? Are you conscious? Then you have to go to consciousness to say yes. Okay, now how do you go to consciousness? You don't have to, to do anything. Well, you do. Well, you do and you don't. You don't have to do anything. But but if you think you're a doer, if you think you're a person, then you do have to do something. We're assuming that we're because uh, <coughs> there's some people here who know their their self and they're not a person and they just come here for enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> or to refine their understanding. But most of us think we're people, don't we? You shift from the sense of I-ness to the... Yeah, but how do you take that shift? That's correct. You, 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 sense from, you, you shift from a limited point of view to a huh, limitless point of view. You can put it like that, don't you? Now, how do you make that shift? That's the important thing. Yeah, there is a shift. There is a merger. There is a change. But how do you do it? Okay. Simply by focusing. Huh? See it. Simply, simply by focusing. By uh, no. Yes and no. I'll, I'll give you an example now. Please, please follow this. This is this is the key here. This is going to this will set you free. I tell you, or it'll it will show you how to set yourself free. Let's put it that way. When you're driving a car, and you're driving an automobile, you're like this, and you're focused on the, the road in front of you, aren't you? Why? Why do you have to look in front of you when you're driving a car? 
so you don't have an accident, duh. <laughs> right? Because you can hunt. You, if you don't see what's there and the guy puts on his brakes or a dog runs out, you know, something, you can have an accident, you can injure yourself and injure other people. So you don't want to have an accident, so you're always paying attention. At the same time, now think about this. At the same time, you need to know what's behind you, don't you? Because you got to keep your distance. you got to see what's coming up behind you because somebody can run into you, can't they? Okay? Now, if you... Uh, if you... If you don't have any faith... How are you going to drive? No. You're going to go like this to see, and then you're going to go like this, and then you're going to go like this, and then you're going to go like this, and then you're going to leave. Huh? Do you ever see anybody doing that? Huh? Is it, is, does anybody drive like that? Why not? Why not? Because you have a mirror. Yeah, because you have a mirror. <laughs> When you look in the mirror, do you see the car? No. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You don't see the car. Do you? You don't see the car. You, you see, you know, pixel, whatever it is. You see an, a reflection of the car, isn't it? But isn't that reflection as good as seeing a car? Mm. So all you have to do is what? Is it a glance like this? Huh? Isn't it? To know what's behind you. Well, yourself's behind you. <laughs> Understand? You can't see it. You can't turn around and look. Why? Because when you turn around and look, the self is over there. <laughs> when, you turn around, when you look here, it's over there. When you look here, it's over there. <laughs> <laughs> yourself is always behind you so how are you going to see it look in the mirror what's the mirror scripture. scripture it's a word mirror it's a mirror of words that doesn't what that shows you what the self is And for it to work, you need to have faith in it. Otherwise, you're going to always... This is this experiential crowd. This is what yoga means. They're all, everyone, all the people are trying... It's not just yoga, yoga. It's everybody. I was just talking to a gentleman this morning. Uh, the Seth Speaks crowd. They all want to experience something. They're experience-oriented. And they think they're going to do something to experience the self. But once they get their experiencing self, they'd have missed the self because the self is over here too. So they'd only get a little tiny piece of the self. They wouldn't get the whole thing at all, would they? It's like when you go to sleep, you're not awake, are you? And when you go to wake, when you're awake, you're not asleep. So if you go, huh? So if you go anywhere, you're going to miss something, always. And you can't go anywhere anyway. Why? Because you're everywhere already. You're always present. 
You're always present when you're asleep, and you're always present when you're awake, and you're always present when you're dreaming. So there's nowhere to go here. Now, if I want to go to the self, what do I do? I look into the mirror. I look into the words of the scripture. And I allow these words to remove, and, but I have to have faith in the means. Hmm. I have to have faith that the words here are what? Are, that there's no agenda. Now, these teachers who are telling you that you have to experience the self, they've got an agenda, because they're not teaching the scripture. <laughs> now, we have an agenda, too. But I'll, I'll bet you when we, and I tell you what the agenda of Vedanta is, then I'll bet you you agree. If anybody disagrees, then, you know, you're free to leave. <laughs> and that is that suffering's bad. That, that you don't want suffering, is that right? That nobody wants to suffer, is that right? Is there any, please raise your hand, all the people in the room who want to suffer. <laughs> oh, that's strange. No hands go up. <laughs> why is that? Because that's how, why is that true? Why is it that nobody wants to suffer? Uh, how do we know that? I mean, it's common sense. But how do we know that? Simply by observing what? Human behavior. Why? Why? Because everything you do every minute is an attempt to what? Remove a sense of limitation, isn't it? Tell me what you're doing. This is an answer to Kat. If you're, if, huh? Every, everything that you're doing is to what? Remove some sense of limitation, isn't it? Why do you eat food? Because you're hungry. Why do you want to, to erase hunger? Why do you want love, a love relationship? Why do you want that? Because you're lonely. You're tired of being lonely, right? If you're not lonely, you don't want a relationship. Why, why, huh? Duh. Come on. <laughs> Think about it. If you're lonely, then yeah, you want, you say, and you pray, God, please give me a relationship. Well, you don't really care about the relationship. You care about getting rid of the loneliness. So then once, once the relationship comes, then you do care because you know that if the person goes, then you'll be lonely again. You don't want that. Isn't it? Because everything we do is an attempt to what? Remove this sense of limitation, that something's missing. But the scripture says nothing's missing. If you what? If you understand what your existence is, what your consciousness is, what the word I means. I need to... I, so when I say the word I, an, an enlightened person, they don't, huh? They know that that word refers to their existence, to their consciousness, and to the bliss that is existence and consciousness. They know that they're whole and complete. 
You could put it that way if you want to put it that way. They know the I is whole and complete. And therefore what? They're indifferent to what happens. They're not for what happens or against what happens. They're indifferent to what happens. In other words, kesara sara. <laughs> right? Whatever will be, will be. It's fine. Why? Because it doesn't have any impact on me. <clears throat> now, people say, well, I want direct experience of the self. I want to prove it. But we say the only way you're going to get it is by indirect knowledge. Why? By looking in the mirror. Why? Because you're already the self. <laughs> and you can't do something to get what you already got. Can you? What can you do to get what you already got? Zero. There is not one thing you can do to get what you already got. All you can do is what? Shed your ignorance. Understanding. Yeah. And you shed your ignorance by, uh, by grasping the meaning of the teaching. When you get the meaning of the teaching, your ignorance goes. And then you see, I was always whole and complete. And therefore, what since I am and, and was always and ever will be whole and complete, I needn't chase any objects. That doesn't mean I can't enjoy objects at all. That, huh? I'm free to enjoy objects, but I know that whatever I enjoy or uh, suffer or enjoy doesn't change me one way or the other. Now, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Huh? Because that's always our big worry, isn't it? That's, huh? There's, we're always insecure. Because we're afraid that our experience is going to change and we're going to suffer. Or we want our experience to change so we can enjoy. <laughs> but even if we remove our suffering and start enjoying, we're going to what? We're going to eventually start suffering again because the enjoyment depended upon the suffering. And the suffering depends upon the enjoyment. So there's no way out of this Worldly problem, this samsara problem, this maya, this maya problem, there's no way out of that within the problem itself. As a person, there's no way you're going to experience yourself out of this world. Because this world is, that's the way it's set up by who? God. It's a setup. I know this is very hard. I understand this is a radical teaching. Yes, Al. I want to understand more the mirror thing, you know. So the, it's a mirror, everything what I see. So like every every everything what I see is a mirror to everything you see reflects your reflects you, doesn't it? Never mind the scripture. But huh? This is a, well, I'll explain this again. Some, some new people here haven't heard this teaching before. Well, when, you, when you take a picture, this morning there was an amazing sunrise yeah. with, with this rainbow. 
God, this guy, it was like, he's like, it was awesome. So beautiful. I got out my camera and I'm taking pictures like crazy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm basically an artist. And, uh, you know, I love beauty. And um, when you look at a picture, do you see the camera in the picture? No. Does that mean there's no camera? Huh? Does that mean there's no camera? No, it means there is a camera. Because you don't have a picture without a camera, do you? You just can't see the camera, can you? So can you have an experience in this, huh? You're the light of awareness? <coughs> the only way you'll have an experience is because you're prior to that experience as awareness. You're the light that's, that's shining on the picture. Ishwar is putting the picture, and I'm the light that's shining on the picture. You, the awareness is not creating the picture. This is another issue that we tried to talk about this morning. It, it, awareness is not projecting the picture. There's a factor in awareness that's projecting the picture, but awareness doesn't project the picture. But what? Awareness supplies the light huh, that reflects on the picture huh, and makes the objects known to me. So you're never going to see the self directly or prove the existence of the self because you are the self. And once you understand you're the self, then you understand what love is. Because love is what? Total understanding, total acceptance of, of everything, isn't it? Does the camera, does the camera have a problem uh, Taking a picture of a, a pile of dog shit. <laughs> Does, it's the same camera that takes a picture of the dog shit that takes a picture of the beautiful sunset, doesn't it? Isn't it? And is the camera making any comment about what is in the picture? It's not making any comment, is it? It's just observing it. I can see this is a problem. Because you all want to look at just beautiful things and you don't want to look at ugly stuff, right? You all want to love the good stuff and you don't want and you want to what? You can't love the ugly stuff, isn't it? In yourself. There's no problem loving the good stuff, fair enough. But it's the ugly stuff that's that's keeping you bound. Because you don't like the ugly stuff. You can't love the ugly stuff. And the ugly stuff's not going to go away. It'll only go away when you love it. Means what? It won't be ugly anymore. You'll see yourself shining in the ugly. I shine, and the whole world shines after me. The world reflects my glory. Yeah. 
Without me, it means nothing. If I if I see shining, the whole thing poof <coughs> collapses. How are you doing this when you see Akisab? Uh, you're not doing it. You can't do it. Does this is the sun shining? But as a student. No, no, no. Never mind the student. Let's 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 go here first, then we'll get to the student. Ask tell me this. Is the sun shining? Always. What's it doing to shine? Is it thinking, oh, this is a big job. I've got to keep shining all the time. I gotta burn all those. Is the sun is the sun shining? Always, yeah. No. No, it's not shining. <coughs> Shining's a verb. The sun's not doing anything. Is it? Huh? It, it's not doing anything. It's its nature to shine. Sugar, let's take sugar. Is sugar being sweet? Does sugar try to be sweet? No. No. It's, it's, it's the nature of sugar to be sweet. Is fire trying to be hot? That sun is just a big fire. Is the sun trying to be hot? Does it have to work to be hot? No, it's its nature. So there's no doer involved in it. The sun doesn't shine. Shining is an effect of its nature. The self uh, is light. <laughs> It generates light of awareness, you can say, but even generates is not the right word. Why? Because the self isn't doing it, is it? Does the wind think it's blowing when it's blowing? The wind just blows. It doesn't think it's blowing. It doesn't do any action to blow. It just, it's its nature to move. Wind is that thing that just doesn't ever change. That doesn't ever stop changing. It's always always in motion. It's that factor. So the self is not something that is a doer that can do things. It's an illuminator. It's a light of awareness. With light, we use that. It's a symbol. It's that because of which you know what you know. It's not what you know or what you don't know because what? You know what you know and you know what you don't know. Isn't that right? So what is it because of which you know what you know the knowledge? and you know what you don't know? Ignorance. What is that? Me. Me. Awareness. Now, are you doing anything to be aware right now? No, that's right. Good answer. What are you are you what are you doing to be aware? Nothing. <laughs> Where what what are you doing to exist? <clears throat> What, what are you doing to exist right now? 
Existence is effortless. Awareness is effortless. Isn't it? You could, I know people think, well, you're, I'm in spirituality, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more aware. No, you're not becoming more aware. You may be gaining more knowledge, which you call more awareness, more information or knowledge, but you're not ever becoming more aware, are you? Well, you could say I'm becoming less ignorant, as, as you, uh, you could say that, but you can't say you're more or less aware. When, when has your awareness changed? When, when it, it's the same awareness that was where when you were a child. When you had a child's body, isn't it? Is the awareness of your, your body now different from the awareness of your body like 30 years ago? No. No. It's just a different object, a different body, a different size with different ideas and different feelings, maybe. Maybe some of the same feelings and the same ideas, we don't know. But am I, I different? Am I different? No. Think about it. So, bhakti yoga is what? A devotion for the eye, assuming you're a person. Now, we're not, huh? If you're the self, then you don't need bhakti yoga. But insofar as you're a person, huh? I need bhakti yoga. I need to what? Keep my mind on the mirror. <laughs> I got to keep, while I'm living, I've got to keep glancing in the mirror to see what's behind me. Huh? Because this has got to remind you what's behind you. What's behind you is that I'm the self. That's what it's telling you. You're limitless, non dual, existence, ordinary, ever present, ever full, ever complete, awareness, love, bliss. That thought should be in your mind all the time. Because when you're driving, you're always looking in the rearview mirror, aren't you? When you're driving through this life with your, your body and you're driving through your karma, your life, in your karma. <laughs> you, you better keep in mind constantly what? That I'm the self. That's called worship. That's called love. You got the love for the self anyway. <laughs> but when it's consciously directed to the self, it's called devotion or bhakti. Otherwise, it's just love. That's why we call this bhakti or bhakti yoga. And a person who knows I'm awareness has non-dual bhakti. Is a non-dual lover of God. That means what? Even though he or she experiences duality, he or she knows that duality is not reality. Huh? He or she knows that I am what? Full and complete. There's no duality in me.